It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am, I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, joining me as he does every uh, every Monday for a Money Monday, Lindsey Crosby, the Auburn banker himself. What a great weekend for the Auburn Tigers. I got to tell you, this is one you love a victory Monday, but Auburn just completely shutting the door on Arkansas was a great way to, to, to close out the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the way they did it, they started out strong. They lost that middle eight, and then uh, they kind of got that momentum back and took care of business. I mean, the opening drive was beautiful. Um, The receivers really, really stepped up. The defense got stops when it needed it. And uh, really, outside of the running game, I I liked everything that I saw from the Auburn Tigers on Saturday against Arkansas. Yeah, I mean... Like you said, came out strong, middle eight, a little bit of a struggle. And then after the middle eight, you know, the end of the third, fourth quarter completely shut down Arkansas on whatever they tried to do. I've got some great stats here I'll share in a little bit. Uh, Just really domination there from Auburn. Right, right. So uh, let's start with the offense, and we'll talk more about Bo Nix specifically uh, later in the show. But he he looked great. Um, Road Bo, um, I mean, that whole storyline may be – dead now which is great it's dead yeah that's dead. great news for for Auburn fans the running game let's start there then the, the running game I think was still I mean we talked about this last week so many folks were like yeah Auburn should be able to run all over Arkansas and I asked the question it's like well what if they don't because they're supposed to run all over LSU as well and they did not and I just I don't think this is a good running team and that's okay because when your quarterback plays like he did on Saturday, you can get away with more things. Yeah, uh, 3.9 a carry, and that includes some of Bo's runs in there. Not what you've seen other teams do against Arkansas. You thought we'd do better, but I mean, when, you, when you're when you 21-26 to 26 passing, you don't have to have an amazing running game. Now, is that going to come back and hurt Auburn a little bit later in the season? It has the potential to, yes. but... Against Arkansas, Bo Nix and his right arm were enough to get the job done. Um, fantastic performance. And the running game was nobody had success. It wasn't like we've seen in the past sometimes where Tank struggles a bit because they're loading the box against him, but Jarquez breaks a couple, that kind of stuff. Jarquez Hunter, 10 carries, 28 yards. Hank Bigsby, 18 carries for 69 yards. Nice. The good news is each one of those guys only had one negative carry. So they're getting positive yardage, just not a lot. Right. I think Jarquez's longest carry is eight yards. Tanks is maybe 17. So they're not breaking off anything big. It's just short, short gains. And then so Bo Nix had to pick it up and do it himself. 
Yeah, and I guess both those negative carries were on big plays, and they were both on third down. So mm-hmm. you, you hate that. But um, I don't, I, I don't know how you fix the running game overnight. And Auburn's going into a bye week, and boy, it is perfect time for a bye week, especially with Ole Miss coming up. So, and Ole Miss has to play LSU next weekend. So I think Auburn's in a good situation there. But this team's a little beat up. You need Owen Papo back. You know, Austin Troxel didn't start on Saturday at left tackle. Killian Dyer, I thought, did a pretty good job filling in because uh, you didn't really notice it. If you're an offensive yeah. lineman and you, 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 no one notices you, you did a good job. That's your goal is to blend in and just kind of be part of the game flow. And I, I think he was. So uh, props to the offensive line as a whole outside of a few false starts. Um, that just kind of seems to be a thing that we're going to have to deal with with this team is they're going to jump off sides on the road or at home. I mean, I think you can blame the crowd noise because it sounded like it was pretty loud up there in Fayetteville, but it happens at home too. So I think that's just going to kind of be something that we've got to deal with with this football team. It's so weird that the only place we haven't really seen a lot of procedure penalties from the offensive line is at Penn State, which is kind of weird. You know, we had more false starts at home against Alabama State than we did at Penn State, but then we have obviously we had him in Baton Rouge, we had him in Fayetteville, we've had him at home, and so pretty much just assume it's going to be probably two or three a game where crowd noise or some sort of miscommunication about the snap count gets to the offensive line. Zaire did have one procedure penalty, but other than that, he played a really good game. Felt like he was really good in pass protection as well. So that may be something. Austin Troxel may have gotten Wally pipped on that. He may lose his job. Possibly, and that's something we talked about in the fall because I think a lot of fans didn't want Troxel to start, but I think he's done fine. Is he great? Mm-hmm. No, I think he's I think he's serviceable. But this whole offensive line appears to be better at pass protection than run blocking, and I think that's been okay, especially now that Bo Nix is a little bit more consistent than we've seen him be in years past. But all in all, I, I think that's all right. As far as the receivers in the receiving game, though, man, like, Awesome, awesome performances. Uh, practice, Shedrick Jackson showed up, which is huge. Natural wide receiver, Kobe Hudson, getting things so off natural. early. So natural. Uh, especially so natural. Went to him first, first play from scrimmage. It's like, give it to me. Let's go. Uh, Demetrius Robertson had a huge play. I, I think he led Auburn to receiving uh, on Saturday. And then Javarius Johnson, that strike to open up the game. I mean, there's just a lot to like. And Bo Nix and... I'm sure this was more than Bo. I'm sure it was game plan, Mike Harson and uh, Mike Bobo and Brian Harson. I think all of those. Um, I think all of those guys kind of uh, work together on an awesome game plan to spread out the spread the football around, and that's that's what we talked about going into the season, right? Is make guys prepare for everything, and it's starting to come together, Lindsay. I think Auburn fans should be really, really excited about that big win in Fayetteville because of things like this. You're starting to see this vision that we were promised by this coaching staff come together. And that's um, that's a big deal. Yeah, Auburn did well with both the short, quick passes. Kobe Hudson had a few like quick hitters right after the snap, give him some ch- a chance to run in space. We so saw, natural. Uh, so natural. We saw deep passes, you know, with Demetrius Robertson, 71-yarder, uh, you know, Short King Javaris Johnson has a 39-yard touchdown. And then we saw four different tight ends catch the ball. And I, I'm i not a statistician. That may be an Auburn record. Four tight ends catching the ball in one game. I mean, we saw Landon King, two catches, 23 yards. Luke Deal, four catches for 19. 
Shanker caught one, Tyler Fromm caught one. And it's like, you know, I mean, if you would ask me, yeah, is Auburn going to have 10 different guys catch the football in a game? I'd have told you you're crazy. But that's what happened on Saturday in Fayetteville. And it's hard for the defense to key on any one specific player when you've got 10 guys who have caught the ball in a game. Because you have to cover every blade of grass. You have to cover all five guys on every play. And that's just not something we've seen a lot from an Auburn football team in the last decade. Oh, you don't see that anywhere. I mean, that's just that's really, really hard to do. And so mm-hmm. props to Auburn and props to this coaching staff for developing that depth and that arsenal or arsenal. Um, hey, I've yeah. been impressed with Landon King. His emergence over the last few weeks has been really, really fun. I wish he would have made a, uh, that catch from Bo Nix. I believe it was a third down play. Um, where Bo was scrambling and he found them last second before he went down. I wish he would have caught that because I think that could have been, it, 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 it could have been a touchdown. I mean, it, yeah. it, it would have been a big play. It would have been for over 20 yards. But um, that's really like the biggest nitpick I have with the receivers is what, two drops? I think they were both from tight ends. So mm-hmm. I think, I mean, just based when you compare it to what happened the week previously against Georgia, it's just, it's like, it just looked like a different football team. Now, and the thing that I will point out is watch some of the Kentucky-Georgia game yesterday, and uh, I felt like a lot of, like, Kentucky had more drops than they usually do. So, I mean, part of that may just have been the Georgia defenders interfering with with the play, getting in there. Um, yeah. But either way, you love to see a bounce-back game from the receivers like that. Um, just weird that we had two drops from tight ends, but that's it. The receivers, flawless day. Um, I say flawless. I think Zivian Capers was out there and had something he could have done and didn't do it. But uh, they ruled that uncatchable, I think. For the most part, yeah, flawless day from the wide receivers. Um, you love to see it. You do. You love to see it. You do. And, and Capers was the intended guy on the interception. That's what I, it was. I don't, know, I don't know what he could have done in that scenario. Yeah. Um, I, if I'm him, I'm questioning, like, why did Bo throw it to me? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he wasn't open. No, like, I don't put that on Capers. I, and, you know, Capers tried to get to the ball. It's just he was boxed out. I mean, great defense by uh, Brown, I think, is who picked it off. So, I mean, whatever, whatever. And and that was a bad yeah. play by Knicks. But still, I mean, he that may have been his best game I've seen him play. He was incredible. I know there's going to be a lot of attention on LSU. We'll talk about Bo Nix more in a moment. Hey, today's show brought to you by our great friends at Prize Picks, prizepicks.com. Prize Picks is daily fantasy, specifically college fantasy, made easy. They've got college and pro sports, but um, they have daily college fantasy like no one else. And so um, be sure to check these guys out. Prize Picks offers any prop that you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. And so all of the folks listening to this that go and sign up at Prize Picks, be sure to enter promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll receive a 100% instant deposit match for up to $100. You can pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on an entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. You don't have to worry about competing with anyone else. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON or go to the App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Also, today's show brought to you by our good friends, our local friends here in Auburn, Opelika, and Lee County. Fetch me. Fetch me home delivery. They are the best in the business as far as getting whatever you want delivered to you, uh, whether it's your home or your office or if you're just visiting friends. Uh, they're going to take care of you because they uh, they actually care about the user experience. 
And uh, if you have a problem, you actually like call a number and talk to a human being. So it's pretty nice. Um, and they're, they're Auburn people. And the folks that are driving and are, are fetchers for Fetch Me are uh, actual employees. They're not just like contractors. So be sure to check them out. They actually care about the whole experience. Uh, we used them this weekend uh, to get food delivered to us after the game because we didn't feel like leaving. And uh, it was great. It was fantastic. So go to FetchMeDelivery.com or you can download their free app. Just search Fetch Me Delivery in your phone's app store. And when you place an order for more than 30 bucks, use promo code LOCALMEAL, and it'll uh, save you some money, and it'll, uh, it'll tell them that, uh, that we sent you. So FetchMeDelivery.com, free Fetch Me app, and use promo code LOCALMEAL. Lindsey Crosby, I'm going to ask the question. Is Bo Nix elite? <laughs> I think at this point in time, right now, you have to say he's one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. Uh, I, th- I would put him as the third best quarterback in the SEC right now. Okay. Who do you have in front of him? Bryce Young and Corral. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that, uh, especially watching you know Matt Corral make it happen on Saturday against, uh, against Tennessee, watching Matt Corral a little bit against Arkansas in that shootout they had two weeks ago. Yeah. Hard to argue against that. Uh, Bryce Young... I'm on that train of I don't think Bryce Young is as good as everybody says he is simply because he has so many yeah. NFL guys around him that we just, until proven otherwise, we have to assume he's good. Right. But we don't actually, I don't think we actually know that for a fact. He hasn't really been challenged. Uh, the only game they lost, arguably, they lost because of the defense, not because of the offense. So, but yeah, Bo Nix right now has to be considered the third best quarterback in the conference with the possibility of going up if Bryce Young stumbles a little bit. I do think Matt Corral probably is better than him. The question I have yeah. for you now, based off of Phoenix being elite, and all all offseason I've been saying one way or the other, I thought this was the last season Bo Nix is going to be the starter at Auburn, uh, simply because if he was good, he'd leave and go pro. If he was bad, Harson would make a move to put somebody else in. Does Bo Nix stick around for another year if he plays like he did against Arkansas and like he has – to this point in the season? I think so. I think so, because I don't think he's quite good enough to get drafted high, like where he would want to go. Right. But I think if he puts a full season's worth of tape like he did against Arkansas, heck, and maybe he, if he plays like he did against Arkansas for the, or, or LSU for the rest of the season, or even Georgia, I don't think the NFL is going to fault him based on how he played against Georgia with all those drops. But I think if he continues playing like this for the rest of the season, he may have enough stuff on tape where NFL teams may be interested. I don't think so. Right. But this could be a best-case scenario for Auburn where Bo Nix finally hit his stride year three, and he's like, no, I want to do this. And maybe, maybe and we're going to talk about Auburn's chances in the SEC West in, our, in, a, in the final bit of today's show, but <clears throat> he may get so close in the Iron Bowl where like the Iron Bowl sets up as an SEC West championship game, and, you know, he he may want more of that and choose to come mm-hmm. back and kind of look at this team and it's like, all right, I'm losing the offensive line, but that's it on my offense. Both running backs are coming back. All the receivers other than Demetrius Robertson are coming back. Like, there's a lot to like about Auburn's offense next year if Bo Nix kind of keeps this trend going. So I think with him being a top three quarterback in this league, Corral will be gone. He'll be the number two guy. The, the state of Alabama will have the two best quarterbacks in the SEC if he chooses to come back. So, yeah, I, I think I think Bo Nix is in the best situation he's been in while uh, while here at Auburn. And, man, what a pivot from a guy that, you know, a few weeks ago got benched 
against a nobody. And, you know, mm-hmm. people were asking, is he going to start at LSU? And then he has the best game of his career at LSU. And then I think he handled his, his business fine against Georgia. I know a lot of people still think he threw the ball too hard, which I think we uh, saw yesterday is ridiculous. And then uh, what, what, he did against, um, what he did against Arkansas. There's a lot to like about where Bo Nix is right now. The book on Bo Nix before the benching was Bo Nix is a quarterback that's too inaccurate, that bails from the pocket too much, and can't make it happen on the road. And ever since he got benched, he's made it happen on the road. Yep. He stayed in the pocket when he's needed to and only escaped when he had to. Right. And he escaped to keep plays alive and to get the ball downfield. And his completion percentage or adjusted completion percentage, in the case of Georgia, has been high 70s, low 80s in every game since then. <laughs> and so he's taken all of the major knocks on him and fix them. And kind of like you, I think that he did it late enough in the season where there's probably not going to be enough on tape for him to be confident he's going to go in the draft where he wants to go. And so there's a very good chance he comes back for next year. There's a very good chance that he sticks around. I don't know how many of the offensive line guys are super are super seniors versus guys who could use that extra year and come back. But either way, we do have some bodies there. Probably get a transfer to coming in. And I do think this sets up well for Bo coming back to make one final push next year. And if he does, you have to assume Auburn's going to be one of the preseason favorites to win the West, along with Alabama, obviously, because it's Alabama. Sure. And would definitely be in contention all season for the SEC championship and a chance at a playoff spot. Right. And I just think uh, the national narrative around Bo Nix has shifted. I mean, going into the season, and even even after Georgia State when he got benched, he was seen as this inconsistent, you never know what you're going to get type of player. And now, I mean, you heard in the broadcast yesterday, people are talking about him as he's uh, the, the magician, the magician Bo Nix, because he can kind of work out magic at any given play. Just the, Bo Cephas football. <laughs> yeah. The, the narrative... The narrative about Bo Nix has totally changed. It's totally shifted. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that uh, that Auburn fans have kind of... You no, know, I think Auburn fans are kind of in the middle of it, right? They're, they're, they're seeing every stage happen so slowly. But I think if you zoom out, and I'm going to try to do this throughout the bye week this week and have some national writers or conference-wide writers talk about it, but I think the narrative's changed about Bo. And props to him. You know, the mental toughness that it takes and the mental toughness of this kid to ignore all of the crap happening outside of the locker room is awesome. And all these narratives about how, you know, the the team doesn't like Bo Nix, like we've heard that from Chandler Wooten. I mean, yeah. we all saw his face. It's the perks of, of these interviews being on YouTube now where it's like you see him smiling. The team captain, the leader of this football team, voted by mm-hmm. the team, Chandler Wooten. Uh these guys, these guys love Bo, and just seeing them get excited and all of that when, uh, whenever he succeeds, I just, I, I think we can put this narrative to bed. So I think Bo is is the third best quarterback in the conference right now, and he has a chance to go up against the best quarterback in the conference in two weeks. And Auburn fans should like this SEC West showdown that's about to be brewing especially because Ole Miss has to play LSU this weekend. And look, maybe LSU is uh, rebounding. Those guys will do anything to fight Fred Orgeron. <laughs> and they mm-hmm. somehow beat Florida, which is crazy. Wow. And so you know, maybe 
Maybe they give Ole Miss a, a, as you know as much of a run as they possibly could while Auburn's sitting back recovering, watching tape, prepping for Ole Miss. Auburn's in a good spot because I think if they beat Ole Miss, um, they can beat A&M. And I'm still, I know people want to act like Mississippi State's relevant. I just, I just have a hard time respecting them as a team. And then South Carolina, they beat Vanderbilt by like a point or something, if I recall. So it took like a last second thing. So it's just, this is a good situation for Bo Nix and the Auburn Tigers to be in. Yeah, uh, it's, this is everything we could have hoped for and more, I think, in year one of Brian Harson. I mean, we saw predictions all over the board. We saw people thinking nine and three. We saw ten and two. We saw five and seven and six and six. Right. And to and like I pointed out last week's show, to be at this point in the season, to be in contention to win the division and you know and compete for the conference championship, that's more than you could ask for in year one with a brand new everything, a brand new coor- right. brand new coordinators, brand new head coach. A quarterback who, coming into the season, we didn't know if he would even be the starter or not. Uh, you know, this is everything we could have possibly wanted, and Auburn fans should enjoy this. You should savor this bye week. Uh, go do something fun this weekend, and let's get ready for Old Miss, knowing that we control our own destiny from this point forward. I want to take a second and tell you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet, Built Bar. What is my favorite flavor of Built Bar? I know you've been wondering. Uh, I like the peanut butter brownie. It is my favorite. It's a, uh, you know, and you, you hear that, and even if you took a bite into it and tasted it, it's like, man, there's no way this is good for you. Well, it is. It is. It's high in protein, 17 grams of protein, around 130 calories, and just four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. It fits into any diet, and it's delicious. It's a great post-workout snack or just kind of a pick-me-up in the afternoon if you need it. Check it out. Built.com is the where you need to go, and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Final few minutes of this Money Monday with the Auburn banker himself, Lindsey Crosby. Yeah, Auburn controls its own destiny moving forward. And we kind of already talked about um, their situation, but obviously a bye week, and then you host Ole Miss, and then you go to Texas A&M. And I think if you take care of business there, you can beat Mississippi State at Jordan-Hare Stadium, and then you can go to a South Carolina team. And I think by that point of the season, they're going to be – I think they are going to be given up on this season. And then obviously you host Alabama and the Iron Bowl at home. So I like where this stacks up. I think it's very, very exciting for Auburn fans. If they can win in two weeks, I think it kind of just projects where the rest of the season is heading for them. Yeah, watching this Ole Miss game on Saturday night, this team is beatable. They're inconsistent. Uh, you've seen a, they're very dependent on Matt Corral. Yep. And so it's 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 going to be can we slow down and contain that offense? And I have more faith in our defense now than I did a month ago. I'm starting to feel like this this defense can do more to 
force you into doing things you don't want to do on offense and can limit what you try to do. Just watching what they did against KJ Jefferson on Saturday, um, you know, how they just kept trying to run the ball with KJ Jefferson. They kept trying to do stuff and we kept slowing. We didn't stop them, but we slowed them down enough where, you know, where they weren't able to get into a rhythm on offense outside of that middle eight. And so, and then our offense was able to hold the ball when they needed to. I think we had the ball for 12 and a half minutes of that final quarter. And so, is that right? Watched, I, I pulled the stat up. I want to say it's, it's that's crazy. Yes. I mean, and we were talking about that. Like, our offense, our, our defense was on the field almost the entire third quarter because that one scoring, that, that scoring drive was a one play scoring drive. Pulling it up, 12 minutes and four seconds possession in the fourth quarter is what we held the ball for. Wild. And so I think that the schemes are starting to click on both offense and defense to the point where we can go out there and affect their what they want to do more than they can affect what we're trying to do. Bo Nix has proven to be consistent enough passing the ball, and that's a phrase I never thought I'd say, where we can reliably count on being able to to put up the points we need. And Derek Mason's defense is starting to show as these guys get more comfortable in these schemes. And there's still individual issues, and I don't want to uh, trash too many guys, but there's still individual issues we see out there. Uh, you know, one of them named Smoke Monday. But, but this offense and this defense are starting to come together where I feel confident that we can limit Matt Corral and what he's trying to do. Um while we can score enough points to beat Ole Miss. And then after that, your real next big question is, which A&M team did you, do you get? Mm-hmm. And then what do you do against Alabama? So you have to feel good about the rest of the season after what we've seen from this team the last few weeks. The defense, something is off. But I think the good news is it's really only the secondary. Because mm-hmm. the, the thing that made Auburn's defense so good over the last several years is the short stuff, the like, you know, is the quarterback gets the ball, then throws it to um, you know, to to a receiver like a Y smoke or something like that, an X smoke is, and 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 just these these quick passes behind the line of scrimmage. They're not getting them with the first guy. They're not yeah. going down at initial contact. They're going down either four yards or seven yards or twelve yards past first contact, because sometimes they're making a guy miss, or sometimes you know they're they're not wrapping up and bringing guys down. And that's what I'm going to guess they're working on during the bye week is just fundamental stuff like getting guys down at first contact because that's very important if you're going to win football games. But that's what Steele's defenses were so good at. And part of that was because they played closer to the line of scrimmage. And that's going to happen. You know, there's benefits of playing close to the line. There's benefits of playing far back. Now, the benefits you should get from playing off the line of scrimmage, (laughs) I don't know if we're getting those because the whole like, Okay, well, that should eliminate, you know, your some of the intermediate passing lanes. And mm-hmm. guys are wide open, you know, 10 to 15 to 20 yards downfield at times. So, I don't know if that's really working or not. I'm curious to see if that kind of changes over the course of the bye week now that you have time to install new things, especially with Ole Miss coming up. I mean, if you play like you have against Ole Miss's passing game, they're just gonna they're just gonna churn you up. They're just gonna mm-hmm. you know they're just gonna twelve yard you to death. And I think they'll change that. I hope they'll change that. The pass rush is getting better because Arkansas's offensive line is pretty good. So I think 
what we saw there with, with Colby Wooden. That may have been his best game of the season. Eculiota seems to be, yeah, yeah. Eculiota seems to be um, consistent. Derek Hall seems to be, you know, kind of emerging. Um, and so, I don't know, Marcus Harris is impressive, scored a touchdown, which is great. But yeah, I just, uh, something's got to change on this defense. And a lot of it is just tackle the guy when you make contact with him. That's the mm-hmm. biggest thing. And, you know, people want to, you know, analyze scheme and, you know, all that. But it really, like, technique is the issue here. I, I don't know if it's Derek Mason's new fo- defensive philosophy. Now, is it on him to make the, sure the guys can tackle at contact? Yeah. Yes, it is. But is it his new scheme that's, like, ripping everything apart where it's like, oh, zone, zone, zone. It's like, I don't think it's really the zone. I think it's just, it takes multiple guys to bring everyone down on a consistent basis. But, yeah, um, I mean... I don't know. Guys are still open, but you know why? Why is that happening? But yeah, I, I think we're going to see a different defense come out against Ole Miss. And we have seen the defense go and recover and make adjustments after a bad, say, first quarter or one like one receiver getting open quite a bit. I think to the LSU game. I think back to the Arkansas game. You know where there's one guy. This is the strength of their of their pass catching core. And we make adjustments to limit that guy after the first quarter or after the first drive or whatever. But I think one of the things that I want to see is maybe a little bit of shuffling around of pieces. Watching some of Donovan Kaufman's angles from the slot. You know, he had a couple situations on Saturday where it's a quick pass to the flat and he maybe took the wrong angle because he's trying to undercut the the block versus going over the top. Yeah, I think maybe moving some guys around. I'd like to see Donovan Kaufman playing more safety versus corner, maybe giving some of these different cornerbacks a chance to, you know, to either come inside. But for the most part, it's not the scheme. And the only real question that I have about the scheme, you mentioned the intermediate passes, those are still there, which you'd think those would that sort of benefits of playing off. But also playing a lot more zone and playing off, you'd think you'd see a little bit more interceptions than you do. Uh, I think the only real interceptions we've seen have been the end of games on a broken play or a desperation heave. And so you know, kind of curious, are we going to clean those, you know, those things up during, you know, during the bye week, the intermediate routes, um, watching the quarterback, getting some interceptions, getting guys on the ground, maybe go with the rugby style tackling. But all in all, the pieces are there. You see the defense improving every week. Right. You especially see the pass rush coming around. Like you said, Ecoliota, uh, man, I mean, at this point, he has to be considered the best, the best incoming transfer of the offseason so far. You think so? Um, I mean, Marcus Harris had a great game. Uh, he, I think he had six tackles, tackle for loss. Uh, Eculiota, three tackles and a sack, and an, another quarterback hit. But Eculiota has to be one of your better incoming transfers uh, simply because of the impact he had with the question of how would he do translating from, from you know, the conference he played into the SEC. Yeah. He's got to be one of the better transfers, if not one of the best transfers incoming for this year. Um, I'd love to hear who you think it is if it's if it's somebody else. And there's probably a good, good argument for two or three guys, but he's got to be one of the better ones. I mean, over the last few weeks, it probably has been Eku. I think Demetrius yeah. Robertson has an impact on the offense, but yeah, um, I, I I guess you're probably right. It probably is him. I thought, I mean, I I think Kaufman's been good, but has he mm-hmm. been better than Eku over the last few weeks? Probably not. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. 
I'll give you that. Um, one last thing, and then I'll let you get to those stats that you mentioned if you haven't gotten to them all. But um, talking about the the defensive backfield, Roger McCreary is so good. And oh my gosh. I got like, I've been saying that all year, and a lot of people had like DM'd me and tweeted at me and stuff saying like, bro, he's not that good. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I, I don't know what else you want to see from a corner that's kind of being used differently than his strengths are. But, man, Roger McCreary, like, I, I just don't think we're appreciating him enough while he's here. The NFL is going to scoop him up, and the NFL is going to love him and pay him a lot of money because he is very good at playing outside corner. So just enjoy Roger McCreary while we have him because I don't think there's a clear, like, next guy. There's been a clear next guy since Carlton Davis to Jamel Dean and, and you know, no egg monogamy and then and Roger. But I think that chain's going to be broken, sadly, unless we get a pretty good transfer coming in. But yeah, yeah, I just I just wanted to put that out there. Shout out Roger McCreary. Love you so much. Roger McCreary has definitely been uh, as good as advertised and we may not see it. But the people who do this for a living, who do person, you know, football personnel for a living, who prepare draft boards they have seen it and yeah. that's what's important he's going to get a good grade when he sends in for evaluation and he's going to go pro and he's going to make a bunch of money yep um we've we've covered a lot of the stats but i do want to point out so rough middle eight we knew that uh, you always hate to see a team double up on you where they score at the end of the first half and again coming in the second half right but auburn did step up after that we you know we we talked about they had the ball a lot of the third quarter and I already touched on, we had the ball for over 12 minutes of the fourth quarter. Arkansas's last six possessions of the game, punt, forced fumble, turnover on downs, touchdown, punt, turnover on downs. So we saw something where against Georgia, we saw where our defense got worn down. We saw where it kind of, that game kind of got away from us late and they just started doing stuff. This Auburn team, this Auburn defense specifically, played for a full 60 minutes, mm -hmm. and they really owned the fourth quarter. Arkansas's total yardage in the fourth quarter, 35 yards. You love that. Possession for two minutes, 56 seconds, 35 yards. They rushed for 13. They were two of six passing for 22 yards. So Auburn's defense stand, stood up when it mattered. Auburn's defense, outside of that middle eight, this was an Auburn game from beginning to end. And as important as that middle eight is, fast start, good finish will outweigh a middle eight every day. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Lindsey Crosby, where can people um, find you and, and hear you? I am at Auburn Banker on the socials and in our Discord. And you can listen to me 7 to 9, Monday through Friday on News Talk WANI. Yes. Tomorrow is a Charlie Tuesday. Be sure to tune in to hear um, what all he has to say. I'm sure he has a lot of thoughts uh, about what happened on Saturday moving forward and the bye week and all that good stuff. And a whole lot more coming your way. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're not watching on YouTube and uh, listening on the podcast, go to YouTube and sub uh, subscribe. Trying to grow that would mean a ton. Appreciate it. And we'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.